It is that time of the week again, but this time, Leash, it is actually end of season two. Can you believe it? I've had to put up with you for an entire season. Can you imagine how painful that has been for me? I would actually prefer to go back to prison. Captain Gassy. <laughs> I'm so glad that the majority of the episodes we recorded from the safety of our own offices at home and I didn't have to sit in that small space with you. Mate, so true. Now, this is just a quick one because this is our last episode of Series 2. We've had a special request last week for the Insight Garden Program. This week, we've had a special request for Luke Anderson, a repeat on Luke Anderson. Now, Luke is... Um, a gentleman. Luke is uh, an entrepreneur. Luke, Luke's also got his own lived experience. But this week coming on Tuesday, Luke is actually speaking as part of the reintegration puzzle um, after Prisons Network webinar series with another guest we've had named Jacob Little. So we thought we would play this to give you a little bit of an inspiration for Luke. But jump onto the After Prison Network site, have a look at that, send us an email, we can give you the link to that if you can't find it, and register and listen to Luke. What do you think of Luke when you heard him first time, mate? Oh, he's absolutely inspirational, um, a great bloke, um, doing some incredible things. Now, if we are to look at the stats for when we first played our episode with Luke, it had 2,096 listeners straight up. How good's that? Huh? How good's that? That is nuts. That is nuts. So let's go back to Luke. Um, this is the end of this. This is the end of this series. So next week we'll be hitting you up, but keep an eye on our socials because we will be launching our new season later on tonight. So that one kicks off Sunday, August twenty eighth. Fantastic, mate! Exciting times. Fantastic, buddy. Hey, enjoy and sorry for the double welcome, but we are repeating this episode for the last one to finish our series. Thank you for all your support, and see you next week for our new series. And welcome, welcome, welcome. It is that time of the week again. It is talking time with Lucas and Alicia. Alicia, how you doing, bud? Yeah, not too bad. It sounded like you nearly forgot your name there, Lucas. Yeah, mate, you know how it is. Uh, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm proof that cousins uh, copulate. So, oh, um, you know what, mate? This is the first, the first of series two. Can you believe it or not? We have reached series two of a series of podcasts. How crazy is that? Not bad. How is that? Hey, I cannot believe I've come back for round two with you. Mate, honestly, and and you know what? That's great that you're quoting every past boyfriend you've ever had. And <laughs> it's it's good that they're getting a chance to chat. Hey, you know what? Though all seriousness. It's been amazing. We've had such a great set of guests. We've crossed over into eight countries, believe it or not, with listeners. We are now, as we speak, sitting here in four jails, uh, having guys and girls listening to us and, and chat, listen to the people we're talking to. And we have a set of videos and educational videos that we're looking like we're about to lock in and send inside as well. So we're doing it's all right, It's definitely girl. exciting times. Exciting times. We're doing all right. And hey, you know what? We had to bring in the big guns for series two. First interviewer in. This is a gentleman who I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say that I love. This guy is a, uh, a mate. This guy is someone that I 
love the fact that I've got his number in my phone and I can pick him up and call him if we need to. As people know for who've been watching or listening to this show is I served some time myself and that's why I'm passionate on this subject and this topic. And I had the luxury and, and, and pleasure of getting to know this man through some shared negative experiences while being away. And that's the great man, Luke Anderson. Luke, how are you doing, brother? You're welcome, legend. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all right today. Barely coping. Went to the, the footy yesterday, which was uh, <laughs> pretty tough on the body. But otherwise, yeah, all roses. You're getting old, brother. I don't want to admit it. I just turned 30, but um, yeah, I've still got plenty of fight left in me. So I, I shouldn't be letting it knock me around like it, um, it has, but. Yeah, that's all right. Mate, you're still a baby, 60 years younger than Lucas. Hey? <laughs> you're doing well. You beat me to it. You beat me to it. Hey, um, Luke, we, we don't tell anyone else's story on here. We have a real no, no uh, owning other people's story policy on this show, and we get people to tell their own stuff. So do you want to give our listeners a little bit of an idea as to your background, where you where you were, and then now where you are, and then we'll have a chat about some of the great successes that you're, in, you're, you're involved in. Yeah, sweet. Um, I suppose uh, uh, you wanted me to go right back to, to the early, early days when I was just a boy or... Wherever um, you feel comfortable, my friend, wherever you feel comfortable, it's your story and we don't profess to own or steer. You just tell us what you feel comfortable telling us about. Rem- remembering that the majority of our listeners are, are either people that are inside now or are family members of currently or previously incarcerated people and I like hearing that type of story and successes. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, I suppose I will go uh, right back to to my childhood, which um, I think is, uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of painful um, commonalities, I suppose is the word for it, uh, between my story and many other people that have wound up incarcerated. Uh, I was in quite a, a poor uh, household growing up, living in a, a housing commission. Uh, my parents were separated. My, my father was and still is um, an alcoholic. I kind of like, my, my dad was kind of present, but not present at the same time. And it, when, he, when he was around, it, it wasn't necessarily positive experience, uh, which, which it's well documented you know, how much daddy issues can, um, can uh, muck people around uh, mentally. Uh, I, I managed to scrape through school. I suppose you'd say I was always very talented at school, but uh, just not, not very well applied because of what was going on for me uh, outside of school uh, in my personal life. I think I, I suffered from de- depression for a as long as I can remember, I think um, since the, the most part of it, I'd say was since I was probably about uh, 10 years old, which is when my parents separated. Uh, I learned very well from a young age to, to internalize a lot of things to, through my dad, you know, the whole idea that uh, a man just cops it on the chin and, and gets on with things. And uh, you know, you should never cry. You, you should, you know, a bunch of toxic friggin' masculinity teachings, uh, which ultimately led me to make a lot of ill-informed decisions later in life. Uh, 
I found a bit of stability in my early teen years when my mum got a new partner uh, and mum got a job. I ended up uh, getting my first part-time job at Coles and and everything. That, that was probably the most stable part of my life, um, uh, which was all sort of uh, brought to a close when my uh, sister was sexually assaulted by uh, my mum's partner at the time, uh, for which he was convicted of that. Um, my sister and mum ended up leaving Geelong and I stayed behind. So that, that was the, the last of, my, like, they were my only real solid support at the time. So I, I was kind of out in the big bad world on my own. Uh, I somehow managed to secure an apprenticeship as an electrician. I still don't know how I did it with the, the lifestyle that I was living at the time. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd still front it up to work. I'd, I'd get, I think it was like 280 bucks a week I was on and I'd just blow it all on, on drinking on the weekend. And, and, you know, I, I kind of, guess you'd call it partying but it was more just um escaping my reality and writing myself off like i wasn't having fun doing it uh i, I went a common story out of, such a common story yeah yeah it's shocking i um i wound up living out of my car for a little while there uh which was probably one of my two lowest points uh and I got got this little uh, side story that that was like ultimately what led me to to engaging in crime was uh, McDonald's had a, a double beef and cheese promotion promotion for one dollar, uh, and I was pretty much running off of double beef and cheeseburgers at at the time. <laughs> and this this one day, what I used to do is I I, I wouldn't come to it with lunch. I'd always say that I'm buying lunch, and like my bosses, I knew that you know something wasn't right obviously um but I'll, like i'm getting paid 280 bucks a week i'm buying lunch every day but what i'd do is because i was too ashamed to ask for help uh it, it was easier for me to be hungry and drive around the corner and just sit there for smoke or pretend like i'm going to the shops than what it was to say hey i'm struggling um i need help like i'm living out of my car like i, I know that my bosses would have helped me um, but because of the, the lessons that I had learned earlier in life, I thought that I had to figure it all out on my own yep. and I didn't. <laughs> so I just kept spiraling more and more out of control. So this one particular day, I, I went around the corner, um, to McDonald's and I started scrounging through my car and I ended up, you know, I find a 10, 20 cent pieces, whatever, came up with 95 cents. And I was never a um, very spiritual man, but in that moment, like I, I wholeheartedly believed that there was a God and I felt like his sole purpose was just to make my life as hard as possible. Um, and I just broke down in tears. It was the first time I'd cried in a very long time. And, um, you know, I, I kind of felt like I'd just given up, but then something in me just clicked and I went, you know what? Now, this is the way these stories go all the time. Like, of course, 95 cents 
I've I've got to do something to get myself out of this situation. And then I thought, you know what, if I just go through the drive-through, I'll pretend I've got a dollar. When they go, oh, this is only 95 cents, I'll, I'll go, oh, really? And I'll scrounge through the car trying to look for 10 seconds and I'll go, oh, don't worry about the five cents and I'll, and I'll get the burger still. And that, that, that was an important moment for me um, ongoing in a positive way, but that's the, the start of the mindset that um, led me to looking for opportunities to get out of that situation. And because of the lifestyle I was living at the time, the, the opportunity that presented itself was in selling drugs because I was constantly going out night clubbing. Uh, due to my experiences earlier in life, um, unfortunately, I was really good at it and things uh, accelerated quite quickly. I ended up um, having an undercover, like being involved in an undercover operation, uh, like a yeah, undercover sting on me and my, I got a couple of co-offenders. Uh, yeah, ended up getting four and a half years with minimum of two years, nine months to serve, uh, of which I did uh, incident free. And I used that time to uh, turn my life around, supported by my now fiance, who uh, was my girlfriend at the time. Now she's my fiance. I'd be an idiot not to marry her after sticking with me through all of that. Mate, I remember um, seeing her in the visit centre every weekend. First one at the door to make sure she was coming in and seeing you every single weekend, huh? Yeah. Oh, at first I was like, there must be something wrong with her. Like to come <laughs> every every buddy weekend to to come and see me. But man, just to yeah to have that genuine love and support. If um. If I had something like that earlier in life, who knows where I, I would have wound up. But I'm very, very thankful uh, to have her in my life. And and I know that if if I can somehow help to emulate that for, for other people, um, then that, that can be a big uh, part of the answer to the problem. But uh, yeah, I've gone on to, to now um, start my own... Uh, I've got two companies. Um, one I is the... JC Williams Electrical, uh, electrical contracting company based out of Geelong. Um, we employ a few people, so we're only young within within our first two years, but we're out of the, the danger stage now. So I'm pretty proud of myself for for um, having done that, and then also uh, working alongside with uh, Corrections uh, Victoria to to help get a, a bit of a concept. I came up with uh, get that off the ground which is going to provide transitional employment pathways uh, to to people coming out of prison how'd you get there mate like how did how did that happen so you know you, you just told us a story about mate you're scrounging, scrounging for 95 cents you know to get that done yeah you're in a position where you've got um you know a beautiful partner which is great Let's talk about the practical bits because some a lot of the things we have um luke is when guys come home, as you know, better than anyone. It's like, what do I do now? But the bigger part is how do I do it? So the bigger part for a lot mm -hmm. of the guys as we work on is great. I want to do something. I want to change. I want to get back into the society, but I've now got a record. I've potentially now got, you know, some media stigmatism or something else sticking around with me. How do I go about actually taking the first step at doing something bigger, such as what you're doing now? 
Yeah, I think uh, the, the, the reason that I bring up the whole um, copping it on the chin and, you know, getting on with it is that that can be super unhealthy, which uh, I've outlined. But there, there's also a healthy application of it. And this is one of those moments. So for me, I always accepted that I was at fault. I was always realistic with the fact that I know that, you know, there's, there's going to be these boundaries or they, these, sometimes there might be a brick wall. There's things that you just can't do, but um, there's no point in, in thinking about that. If you can't do it, that's getting you nowhere. So what I did was, yeah, I, I accepted my, my circumstances and I concentra- concentrated solely on on what I could be doing so what that would look like on a on a day-to-day basis is um when, when I you know I first got out obviously I didn't start the, the business straight away I had to I had to find employment work the the shittiest um you know the shittiest job but like just get a foot in the door to to gain some uh, some self-worth again, I suppose, and, and trust within myself that I am able to do that, I guess, and then start to gain some trust within the community. It also showed to, to me, um, sorry, um, it also showed to me that there are good people out there that aren't just going to paint, paint you with a particular brush just because you've been to prison, uh, which was a very important lesson for me to learn early on to, to help with you know, pr- proliferate that positive mindset. Uh, and I think that's the, the biggest part of it is because I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to get too much into particulars for me, I guess, because it, everybody's story is so different, but people that, that I talk to that, that haven't had good outcomes coming out of prison, you know, I'm, I'm still in touch with uh, a few people that are involved in the life and, and stuff like that, yeah. not to any great extent, um, but you know, I, I have to steer clear of them just because they're so negative and they think that there's, there's nothing that they can be doing and they're not even thinking about the stuff that they, they actually can be doing. Yep. They're just worried about the, the hurdles. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. And it's most common uh, it, and, and sort of sharing that experience with you is really, really the same. And as I actually, one of the guys, and I'll, I'll give his name when we get off the air, but one of the guys that we knew, I actually spoke to last night for the first time in, um, in, in two and a half years. And he just randomly added me via social media and was talking about the stuff that he was up to. And I was like, man, that's super positive. That's awesome. Like, you know, running a business and doing some other stuff that he was doing. And he was involved in a, a similar a, a similar offenses to yourself. And he just said the same thing to me. He goes, he just had to cut off a lot of people that he was previously mates with because he couldn't deal with not only their lifestyle hadn't changed, but also their mindset. And he felt like he used the word an anchor. He felt like he had an anchor wrapped around him when he was talking to some of those guys and hanging out with him and they were trying to drag him back down again. And he'd changed that mindset. So it's interesting. Interesting. You interesting. You say that mate. It's come out of left field. Lisa, she's been mate. Lisa has been dying. You can see her up in the top corner. She's just buzzing. She's got questions to ask you, man. Look at her. She's ready to roll. Shoot. She probably needs to unmute her microphone first. I would have thought, but that's all right, Lisa. You just uh, do your thing. There oh, she dear. is. There she's back. It's her first time using a right. It's her first time using a microphone today, Luke. We've only been doing a full season. Oh come on! I'm pretty sure 
Hey, last episode, it was you, Lucas. But anyway, hey, Luke, what do you think about COVID? Is it going to have any negative impacts on mental health for individuals coming out of um, prison who have been in prison over the past year or so? What's your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that question gives me goosebumps. Um, It is the... the whole reason I committed crime, the, 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 the biggest part of it was I wanted people to love me and I wanted a sense of belonging, right? Mm-hmm. I hear that. When I, went in, when I went into prison, that was truly the first time um, that I'd been open and honest with people. You know, the, all of the, the masks had been taken off and whatever else. You know, I, I truly connected with... Um, with my partner and um, also with other people in prison. And it was, it was like, you know, I was, I was happy there. That, that's, and I'm not ashamed to, to admit that because, yeah, for the first time in my life, I actually kind of felt human again. Mm. It's an incredibly social experience. And it, it's, I, I think it's quite a, a primal experience in the sense that um, you kind of, to a certain degree, obviously we're not meant to be locked up the way that we are but the, when i say that we're, you're living the way that humans are kind of meant to in prison uh in like a in a tribal sort of sense you, you're constantly interacting with people face to face every day doing activities together you can build some really strong com- camaraderie it's it's hard enough coming out of prison and just instantly having that torn away from you uh and coming into a society that is so caught up um with social media and like you know people that are just, you know yeah you joe blow um currently has the, their own mental health problems you know with the way that society's headed let alone somebody that's coming out of prison into a, a covid environment where we're, we're even more isolated again um i think that it's going to be extremely detrimental and um yeah i'm really concerned about blokes that are, are wanting to come out and they're wanting to do the right thing but um i think that it's going to set it uh, a lot of people back yeah yeah it's definitely what we've been hearing um in previous interviews as well so it is quite a scary uh scary thing hey tell us about your lived experience and how you're using that to help others um you know and go through with your peer support yeah i I try to, um, I've, I've done a couple, a little bit of mentoring, uh, mm-hmm. which was so much more challenging than I expected. Um, Why? it's really hard. Why was it's it? It's really, it's really hard when you genuinely care about somebody and you've got all the answers. Yeah. So you think, but they're just not up to the, the challenge mentally yet. They're just not prepared uh, to come to the party. There's, there's other more fundamental needs that, that I couldn't provide uh, through a bit of mentoring. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that very taxing on me. But yeah, this one bloke uh, that I was mentoring, um, he ended up, back on drugs let look he, he wrote me a letter got them to got 
the, this community house that I'm involved with got them to, to hand it to me because he checked himself into um, rehab again. And um, yeah, that, that was incredibly difficult. And um, I, I, I've actually stepped away from mentoring for the, for the time being with the other stuff that I'm trying to do with my, my speaking um, and trying to get uh, this other concept with corrections up off of the ground. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's gone on the back burner, especially during COVID. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely tried to do a lot of uh, speaking, stay active in the speaking circuit and um, been on a, a few podcasts like, like this and stuff um, mm-hmm. just to share my insights because I know that my story is unfortunately um, a rare one. Most people just keep on, on the hamster wheel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, trying to help people emulate it. Yeah. Hey, um, so now I know you've done a little bit of stuff. Now we, we, we mentioned this out loud and we'll, we'll be a hundred percent honest on it is Luke, myself and, uh, and another person that we, we know funnily enough named Lucas, Luke, Luke and Lucas. Um, <laughs> we've uh, done a bit of work, um, a little bit of a study on, on some educational mapping and um, that's actually being published uh, shortly. Luke, first time you're actually knowing that, that'll be published and we'll send that through. So you're going to be a published author as well as public speaker, mate. Uh, is there anything you can't do, brother? Is there anything <laughs> you're unable to do? Um, apparently, wash the dishes. Uh, I'm pretty, <laughs> Mrs. says I'm pretty crap at that or I'm not capable or something. So she, she'll tell you where my deficiencies are, I'm sure. <laughs> as, uh, it's, uh, my wife my wife knows about that too. She's a similar, similar thing. Hey, um, all seriousness, what's next for you, man? Like you've got this business kicking along and booming. Um, you know, you've got this, the, the correction stuff, which I know for the sake of what you're doing, you can't go into too hugely at the moment. But what's next? What's the What's the next... I hate asking this question, but what's the next 12 months, two years look like for, for Luke Anderson? That's a perfectly timed question uh, because, yeah, there's going to be a, a big shift of focus for me uh, where my time spent. I think the last two years, it's uh, I've been sort of getting myself known and networking um, and predominantly spending my time on the electrical company. Uh, but I am now going to be shifting my focus into the speaking because I'm uh, a cast member of a documentary called how to thrive, which is based on uh, like in positive psychology Uh, that's due to be released early next year. So I'm going to be working um, a lot more so on my, um, my speaking career and also this, this corrections uh, concept. And I've just uh, secured a bit of funding from, creative Geelong so I'm going to have a little office space in town uh you'll probably be able to catch me in there sometime come down for a coffee mate I will I'll uh, just stroll down from sunny Perth just for a little coffee but um yeah we'll <laughs> be nice we'll be back over, mate. we're back over in a few months for uh for a little bit of uh a, a little bit of a break so I'll definitely make it down to Geelong there's a couple other people that we need to meet down there the great Joe Gratham um he's uh, Joe mm-hmm. Joe down there and also uh, Kane uh, Nuttall uh, to catch up with Kane as well and yeah. have a yarn with Kane. So, mate, um, I'm glad when you said you were a cast member on a show. I was I was worried you were going to say Love Island or something like that. Like <laughs> X, X on the beach or something. Get your rig out and get strolling through, uh, strolling along the beach again, brother. Yeah, the old prison chiseled body, mate. Oh, is it? Is it still there? On it. Still there, or is it? Uh, has it gone to the shit? Oh, I don't, I don't have the six pack at the moment, but I've got a, uh, I've got. Uh, I got the strength there. Just uh, there's a, a little bit of uh, cushion. 
That's all. It's <laughs> COVID pounds, as everybody else has got. That's all. I love it. <laughs> Hey man, I can't thank you enough for for coming on and, and having a yarn to us again, man. When when this uh, correction stuff kicks along and when uh, when the the your show sort of moves along, come back and tell us about it, man. Just, just whip me a message and let me know when it's rolling, and we'll get you on and come and have a yarn about the um, about the correction stuff, and you can launch it or talk about it and promote it on here and let everyone know what they're looking looking for. Oh, oh, I think I lost you there for a bit. Oh, we, yeah. are. we are, we are, we are. I was just saying thank you. And when, when your correction stuff hits, man, you come and let us know and we can do a launch on our show or we can, you know, publicize it, advertise it and do whatever we can to help you. That'll be fantastic, mate. We'll take it nationwide. That'll be great. All over the world, mate. With Sounds a, like a plan. All over it. Hey, brother, thank you so much, mate, for your time. And, mate, we will look forward to chatting to you uh, again really soon. Lise, can you, before we disappear, Alicia, and, and cut off and finish the show, can you give us a rundown, mate, on where our social media is at and what we're looking at on there so that people know how to get in contact with us? And even if they want to get in contact with, with Luke, if they want to hit, hit Luke up for some talking opportunities or talking possibilities, um, we've heard he's a pretty uh, pretty astute speaker. And, and for the ladies and some of the guys out there, he's pretty good on the eye too. So... Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, which is a it's, it's a rarity, uh, Luke, looking at in this camera and actually seeing someone that's enjoyable to look at. I have to look at <laughs> you're such a muppet, all, eh? All the time. So no, you got your face on the big screen there. Go uh, hit us up. Hit us up with some socials, Leash. Yeah, so we can be contacted on our Facebook page or Messenger. That one is Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Or send us an email at talkingtimeradio at mail.com. Um, the podcast is being featured on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, so Talking Time Radio. Um, hit us up on Twitter at time underscore Lucas or on our personal LinkedIn, Lucas Kerry and Alicia Head. Legend, legend, legend. Luke, you're a genius. Alicia, you're acceptable. Um, it's been it's been amazing as always, brother. And uh, we'll speak really soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Take care. Code Sydney, proud sponsor of Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia have developed our amazing website, www.talkingtimepodcast.com.au. Hey, Alicia, tell us what Code Sydney do, mate. All right. Code Sydney helps those who are helping the community. So they uh, partner with charity organisations, not-for-profit groups, and they have beginner developers that will have the chance to gain practical real world experience while they're helping the community so it's pretty much a win-win scenario mate you've got to love that in our world mate when it's a win-win when uh, the community's getting a crack at something and then others are learning from the task too uh, you can't beat that mate so the support from code sydney to help us get talking time website done and just to keep us on air and to make this thing work is is much appreciated and fantastic reach out to code sydney www.code.sydney and they'll be able to check out and see all of the stuff you need for your not-for-profit or community website or social platform. Yeah, you can also get in touch with them um, via email, info at code.sydney, and you can book a 30-minute Zoom meeting to have that conversation with them to see where they can help you. So how brilliant is that? Love it. Code Sydney, you are amazing. Thanks for supporting Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia.